What would you do if everyone said they heard your trailer a hundred times? You'd probably make a new one. I'm Justin Sales, the host of The Wedding Scammer, The Ringer's first ever true crime pod. We've been hunting a con man for a few weeks now, and our hunt is coming to an end. Schemes, heartbreak, how to put on a wire. We've covered all this and more, but there are still a few surprises left. Binge The Wedding Scammer wherever you get your podcasts. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Welcome to Food News. I'm Juliette Littman. And I'm David Jacoby. Let's put 30 seconds on the clock. 30 minutes. If you want to be a part of this podcast, give us a call at 646-STEW-138. I can't get past the fact you said, let's put 30 seconds on the clock. Let's put 30 minutes on the clock. Hit it again, Mike. <laughs> 30 minutes. Why don't you say the stew with me anymore? Because you're thinking about I was my thinking mistake. About, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Should I, just, I say that again, too? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> if you want to be a part of this podcast, give us a call at 646-STEW-138. All right. First story. It's from Heinz. They're releasing a, a pickle-flavored ketchup, which I have a question for you. Okay, go. How long do you think the development of a pickle-flavored ketchup is? It should have already happened. And okay, interesting. On this program, we do a lot of this big brand did this weird thing trying to get attention, yeah. right? But this, to me, seems like a legitimate product that I would like to oh, use. Oh, interesting. See, I love pickles on a sandwich. I love pickles on a I burger. I love pickles on a sandwich. But I don't think I need ketchup to taste like pickles. I just want pickles. But the reason I was asking you that is because this article says it's going to be on stores. I said stores. It's yes. going to be on store shelves in 2020, early 2024. And I was just wondering if, like, Heinz was... When you think that the idea... Yeah, like, are they capitalizing on, like, the Taylor Swift ketchup moment on, like, ketchup and seemingly ranch? Like, there's just been, like, a lot of Heinz news since, but on the other hand, maybe we're just more attuned to it because of the Taylor Swift moment. Six months is the answer to the question. Okay. Well, early like, 2024, that could still put us at, like, six months from, like, wow, Heinz is getting a lot of attention right now in September. So, let's think about that. You don't, you're not into this? I like this idea. I'd give it a shot. I would taste it, but, like, I just, like, pickles and, and ketchup on a burger are so it's good. perfect. That, like, why mess with it? And it's just so simple, yeah. and I don't know. It's interesting. Also, ketchup it pr- is, provides like— the crunch. There's yes. The crunch you know, and mush. I love the crunch and mush. There's usually lettuce and onions involved. The thing about ketchup is it's one of these weird products where, as a society, I don't think I'm alone. I'd say this is probably about 85% true, that people only want plain, old, regular ketchup. They don't want fancy ketchup. They don't want the homemade ketchup that they made in the in the restaurant. They don't want the organic ketchup. Have you tried the organic ketchup? It's not good. It's not good. People just want plain Heinz Hunt's ketchup. Yeah, and I, I don't want like... Actually, I have one caveat to that. I think you said Heinz and Hunt's. That's yes. separate. 
I know. But, oh, okay. Yeah, those are kind of like the main brands. But yeah, but to say like a main, normal, like store brand yes, ketchup, exactly. I'm fine with as well. Heinz yeah. is the best. It has like a, a like punch of vinegar that nothing else has, I find. If we went on a flight of different ketchups, we would not be able to taste the difference. Great idea. We, there's no chance that we could identify different we ketchups. We gotta do that now. I promise you it's impossible. That will also happen in early 2024, our ketchup flight. <laughs> yes, that takes, it also takes six months to get to together. To get all the right ketchups. I was, I was just thinking, what do we use as a ketchup vehicle? French fry, obviously. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Is there anything else you regularly put in ketchup? No, but one time I was eating potato chips and someone started dipping them in ketchup. Mm. And I was like, huh, that's Makes a good idea. And they go, yeah. do you eat French fries Checks with ketchup? Out. And I was like, yes. They're like, you're eating fried potatoes. And I was like, boom, I started doing it myself. Uh, quick aside, last night I went out for dinner with my friend Georgia. Oh, I love it. I love an extra bonus personal food news. Shout out to Georgia. She dipped her French fries in our mashed potatoes, and then I dipped a French fry in mashed potatoes. <laughs> That's like pasta <laughs> on top of pizza. What it are was, we doing? It was really good. That's potatoes on potatoes. <laughs> it was awesome. It's crazy. All right, let's move on. Um, Jacoby, yes. if you are interested in whiskey, are you a whiskey guy? Uh, yeah, but no, like, nah, nah, yeah, I do like whiskey. Right. Yeah. Just mainly because it has alcohol in it. So that's always a, a, a win for me. But um, I'm not like a flavor whiskey, a fancy whiskey. I don't collect whiskey. I don't go into like whiskey trips to Japan. Like I don't, I don't really care about whiskey. Whiskey's like definitely like the beverage of the last like five years, I would say. I feel like I it's would just say so. popular. Manhattan's and old fashions have like are a thing. I'm definitely not a whiskey person, but if you are, you can soon get a trout flavored whiskey from Tamworth Distilling. It's called Saison de Frey. Smoke trout flavored brandy, 90 proof. Yeah. I'm more interested in that. Okay. But here's the thing. Why? When you read the article, you get to the bottom and they're like, yeah, we put the row in the whiskey. It's kind of like a bubble tea experience. That one I was like, <laughs> no. That one, I was just like, no, no, no. I do not want bubble tea experience with my whiskey that involves fish eggs. No, thank you. I to think that if they're going to do that, like they need to have a different kind of container that has like a little sieve on the top. So when you pour it, you don't get any like of the row. Like it can still yes. flavor it, but it's not making but it into your But then you're not getting cup. the experience. <laughs> the desired experience. I get, that's their desired experience. Yeah, yes. <laughs> For me, it needs to come with cheesecloth so I can I can strain it. This particular like uh, distillery, they are in New England. And one yep. thing I loved about it is the guy explained the sort of the the ideation of this particular flavor of whiskey. He was at the distillery enjoying some whiskey, look, watching the river that goes by the distillery. <laughs> and there were some gentlemen fly fishing outside, which is what inspired him. And I just, just that visual to me is poetry. Just imagine being at a distillery, sitting on a porch in a rocking nice. chair and having a whiskey, watching people fly fish. I could do that for probably two and a half hours without getting bored. It sounds similar to the restaurant in Georgia where you're not allowed to bring your kids. Exactly. I wonder yes. if you can bring your kids to this distillery. Yes. I don't know. I don't know if distilleries. However, I do bring my kids to a lot of like breweries and wineries. So, yeah, yeah, I actually think breweries like a, like are a known as like a day yeah. drinking spot with yes. kids. Yeah. They're, so yeah. who knows? We should call this guy and find out and maybe he'll tell he'll curse at you. Someone too. tells me he'll pick up. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Boys to Men. I love Boys to Men. Do you, Who doesn't? What's your favorite Boys to Men song? Oh, I thought you were going to say, what's your favorite Boys to Men no. member? I was like, it doesn't work like that, No. Juliet. What's your favorite Boys to Men song? Oh, favorite. Uh, I don't really have a particular favorite. I'm going to say End of the Road is the first thing that comes to mind. Oh, it's a really good one. Yes, yeah, first thing that comes to mind. Um, mine is the one where they're standing in the sand that like I'm just blanking on the name right now. It's from their second album. I have oh, to look God. it up now. Oh, God. Now you're, now you're, you're Googling. <laughs> you can't ask that question. That's but one of those true. questions where you want to be true. asked back. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you weren't even Water ready. Water runs dry. I wasn't ready. Oh, okay. It's like we get to the podcast and my brain stops working. That's fine. 
I love Water Runs Dry. Also love Song for Mama. Those are my two favorites. Oh, wow. You've, you've got your deep catalog of Boys I, I love Boys to Men. <laughs> you really do. <laughs> I also love the Chili's theme song, as do I think most normal people. It, well, it's the Chili's Baby Back Ribs Sorry, theme song. Sorry, the Baby Back Ribs theme song. Yes. Inc- incredibly important information that I left out. Yes. Um, And they have re-recorded it. Mike, please play it. Chili's baby back around. Chili's baby back around. Chili's baby back around. I want my baby back I would like Boys to Men to re record every song I don't want them I, to do. But I didn't realize what a staple of the Boys to Men genre was just say, oh. After everything, <laughs> like you can just kind of make everything better to say at the end of a sentence being like, oh, so they're down to a trio, but oh. I think, I think it's fine. Oh, sorry. Oh, <laughs> um, all right. Next King Charles. We haven't talked about him in a while. Yeah. I've seen, this is a you, you know, I like the heists. Yeah. I feel like the Royal, the Royal food ones are you. Cause I need you to explain this to the audience that hasn't read the article and me that has read the article twice. Okay. He turned 75. Congratulations. And like, as the king, he's not allowed to, like, just have a birthday party, basically. And so he uh, also has to have, like, some kind of patronage, like a charity to go with everything. And mm-hmm. so he's using his 75th birthday to bring attention to food insecurity and food poverty. And so he basically started a charity to help hand out food, basically, like, get more people food. That's what I re- took from the article, too. I thought yeah. there was another layer to this. No, <laughs> there's not. Yeah, it's like, it was like he had like a press event and was like, hey, we need to feed people that don't have food. I'm going to start a charity. No, I mean, there also is like very little details on how he's going to be doing this. That's kind of where I was at. Which I will say is like uh, not not really like that hard of a thing to do. Like, for example, Marcus, Marcus Rashford, who plays for Man United, he's also on the English national team. He is also like in into conquering food poverty and he, for Manchester, like gives out free lunches. Like that's like his thing. He does like a food videos too. Like, I just feel like King Charles could have done a little bit more on this. Yeah, I think there could be some more details and follow-up. I think there's a lot of sp- speak about food waste which I think is a real opportunity. Like, I just the yeah. idea that some restaurants like, I have to throw this away because legally I can't give it away to the hungry for, like, insurance reasons is insane to me. Uh, um, Yeah, I mean, there's a, a, with so much, like, restaurant food waste. I'm just like, yeah. where's that going? Even like, with, like, all leftovers. It's just like, there it needs to be a better way. It feels like there's a way where there's a lot of hungry people and a lot of wasted food. I'm not great at making, you know, global policies, but it feels like someone could connect those. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe King Charles is the person to do it. All right, let's talk about your heist of the week. Okay. Uh, we're going to France, people. Fucking Europe. I love this one. Okay, tell us the details, Jacoby. I love this one so much. What do you... So, right lately, food news is has basically turned into um, st- st- stealing trailers. Stealing, <laughs> stealing trailers shit and, from trailers and stealing trailers, it, yeah, right? Yes. There's one a week, okay? And this week's a special. And it's usually in Pennsylvania. It, this comes from not Pennsylvania, close, the Champagne region of France. <laughs> and and if, you know, Champagne is, is just sparkling wine, but it's made from the Champagne region of France. There were two trailers full of about 300,000 euros a piece value, street value of Champagne. Those tractor trailers were stolen. Okay, now what's the first thing I say about all food heists? 
inside job. Not an inside job this time. Whoa, why because, not? Because the, the, they reported the truck stolen in the trucks, and it says in the article, like all trucks, I didn't know this either, have tracking units on them. 20 <laughs> minutes. So the guys who stole the trucks didn't realize they were being tracked. So that's what tells me, not an inside job. If it was an inside job, they would have known this, this very important detail about the trucks that they stole, that they're able to be tracked. So what's your leading theory? Let me get to the, let me just tell the story okay. first. Okay. Because it gets good. Okay. So now there's two trailers and they're being also trailed as part of the, the Champagne gang is a BMW passenger car following the two trailers. Now, they're driving on the highway. The police track them. The police pull up to them, right? Mm-hmm. Pull up alongside of them. Sirens going. The guys driving the tractor trailers are like, shit, right? Yeah. They got me. But no. <laughs> While the tractor trailer is moving about 10 miles an hour, 15 miles an hour, they jump out of the moving tractor trailer and then into the moving BMW. The police can't find them. They got away. It's a combination of James Bond and the challenge. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. And then, and then it gets better. One of the police officers, the tractor trailer is still going like 15 miles an hour. The police officer sprints up alongside it, jumps in the moving tractor trailer and stops it and saves the champagne. It's honestly incredible. It's great. It's, I'm almost like, how are these people so trained to be able to do this? I've watched the challenge and this is literally the kind of thing they have to exactly. do. And it's really hard. And if I was a police officer, with, with my kids and my wife and my job. You're not jar- I'm jumping not into running it. alongside a moving tractor trailer and like be like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to jump into this thing and, and stop it. No, that thing's going to hit something. It's going to stop. And that <laughs> champagne is going to get damaged or not, but it's not my problem. I'm not risking my life for the champagne truck. This is one of the harder ones to believe of like all of the ones <laughs> yeah, that the- we've covered on this show. Like, the changing of vehicles while still moving yes. is so hard to really accept that I'm more likely, I feel like, I'm like, what's going on here? But how did the BMW get away? I don't know. Like, do they have this driver just, like, tailing them? Should this happen? Yeah, is like, it baby driver? Like, how good is this right? driver? Oh, my God, there's, there's a whole, <laughs> there's, like, there's, there's, I imagine it's at least, like, four or five squad cars going after these trucks. So they've got a couple dedicated to stopping the trucks. got to be a couple dedicated to following the BMW. How'd the BMW just get lost in France? It's just unbelievable. Also, France isn't, like, that big. It's not like Russia. No, and it's also, there's not, it's not like dense with urban yeah, areas. It's not like in Paris, like in the born identity yes. where they're having like a high speed car <laughs> yes, chase. Yeah, you can like, kind of like disappear in, in like a yeah. city, you know, go under a tunnel and jump out of the like car, switch cars or whatever. Yeah, like I don't know how they got away. I feel like maybe the it's a police inside job. Oh, definitely not true, but I like the theory, <laughs> but definitely not true. But it also like the fact that the BMW got away was a serious footnote on the article. It was like the last sentence was like, oh, by the way, the BMW sped off. It was like, it, they clearly got their information from the police and the police, like there's a long paragraph about how the guy jumped into the moving trailer and saved the champagne. Just a little mention at the end about the fact that the criminals just drove away. Unharmed, <laughs> just like, yeah, P.S. Um, and also like now they're um, sweeping the trucks for like DNA information. I, I'm just agreeing with you, man. I feel like there is some kind of inside job aspect to this because it's so hard to believe. Juliet, but wouldn't you, wouldn't, if someone was working for like the champagne distribution company and you invited your friends to come steal two champagne trailers, wouldn't you mention the tracking device? I guess, but maybe that's like, it's like next level. It's like, we're going to make it seem like it couldn't be an inside job because of these tracking devices, but obviously it hasn't done like 
the tracking device didn't help them didn't help them find the criminal. So it was sort of like well, they high found risk. the criminals. Well, that's <laughs> they, true. they sure did. <laughs> they just had a lot of level of planning. Yes. Of the many movie references, I think I'm landing on the Italian job where like they just were always like thinking about it next level, next level. Yeah, next I was level. thinking more like the Fast and Furious franchise. Well, you know, yeah, just like I mean, going from truck of, to truck and moving things and BMWs. Here. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> little Jason Momoa. Man, that's a really good one. That's just, a great heist. God, absolutely. thank you, France. Thank you, Champagne. Yeah, seriously. Um, all right. While we're talking about um wine and such, alarming news. Wine production's at its lowest levels in 60 years. It I seems took, like this happens every year. Register. Yeah, well, I know. You're like serious. Like, you're like talking about a death. It's a reset. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a reset from uh, high, the high octane uh, yeah, champagne heist. heist. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is bad news. I think that, like, it's hard to get people motivated around causes, right? It's like hard for mm. people to, like, even if you're not like a, a climate change denier, to like really think about how can I change my life to like contribute. I do feel like declining alcohol is a good way I like this. to get people to care. I'm not yes. saying this is like a marketing campaign, but I do feel like maybe it should be a marketing Less campaign. Less smearing mashed potatoes on great works of art. Yes. More like, hey guys, do you like wine? Well, guess what? It's going to be it's really gonna be expensive gone or gone. If you don't get an electric car. Yes, exactly. Or like if we don't all contribute here, we will not have wine. You should consult for these people. <laughs> That's a great point. Who are the, these people that you're thinking of? I, 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 even people that smear a ketchup on, oh, I, on like the Mona Lisa. I, like, maybe there was like an international climate change organization yeah. you were thinking no, of. People like handcuffed themselves at the station oh, yeah, those, at like a Minnesota Timberwolves game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like maybe just tell people that there'll be no more beer and wine unless they change their behaviors. There'd be probably, probably a lot more direct results from that. It's a, it's a good point. Like there's things that are more compelling than just like... The world could be ending. Yeah. More like it tomorrow, seems, you might not have wine. Yes, the world, <laughs> the world could be ending is like, well, like a, an objective fact in my mind, but it's kind of just like down the road, you know? It's like the world will end, but it'll be like my great, 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 great grandkids will have to deal with that. But if you're like, hey, there's not going to be any Cabernet Sauvignon in like two years. Right. Well, we got to take action. Like, what will you do for the next pandemic? I mean, everyone stayed home and drank <laughs> exactly. wine. Exactly. So. You, you, only, you only bake so much sourdough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, one more story before our taste test. Okay. Um, This is a product conversation, and it might seem like it's one of our press release stories. You're doing a great job just like shifting gears for every story because you just gave me like an intense eye contact thing. Like I was like, we had to have a real conversation. Well, this is important to me. It's about one of my favorite categories of food, soup dumplings. I love soup dumplings. Kraft is making something called souplings. They are, it's going to be a limited time run of grilled cheese and tomato soup dumplings. So inside a dumpling wrapper yes. will be a bite of grilled cheese and tomato soup. And... I, uh, it comes from Shirley Chung, who was on Top Chef, and I love her. Yep, she's a runner-up season 14. She's such a charmer. I was always rooting for her. Um, and, uh, soup dumplings, did I say it's one of my favorite foods? Because it is. You did? Uh, I, like, can't imagine what this is going to be like, but I'm really excited about it. And the article does mention that at Beauty and Essex, there are um, grilled cheese and tomato soup dumplings there. So it's kind of like based on that. Mm. I think that I actually had that once. Really? I don't remember it. But I just remember going there. You can remember if you had cheese and tomato soup dumplings. I know we talked about it. I went there with Sean, Mal, and Chris in like 2017 or 2018. And I remember us talking about like, should we get these? And I think they came on like a spoon. Must have gotten And I think we did. But I can't remember eating them. So this will be like... You know, they I, they yeah. got me at the price point. 
What is it? It's you get a, a, a pack of 16 frozen ones for $90. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's like it feeds two. I'm like, okay, so $45 a piece to have eight frozen dumplings that that doesn't that doesn't check out. It feels worth it to me. As a soup dumpling aficionado and as someone who could probably order it for our food news podcast, uh, I would really like to try this. $5 a dumpling is what we're getting to. Well, I've spent money in worse ways before. <laughs> so have I. Like buying, like, I don't know. Let's get, let's get producer Mike on the case. Every time I've left the house and I like bought coffee when I could have just made some at home. I don't know. That's the $6 that I'm wasting. Oh, don't get me started. Yeah. I mean, coffee's so expensive now. Everything is expensive. Living is expensive. I ordered a iced coffee yesterday that was like six seventy five, and I barely drank it. I'm just like, what am I doing? I'm throwing away money. Oh, yeah. I Because, I, I, you know, I'm an app guy, so I don't even like, it's like not real money. It's like, exactly. it's like a casino. Apple Pay is like and not I started, real money. And like, I started putting like, Oh, I'm gonna get oat milk, and I'm gonna get like a, a shot of mocha. And I didn't realize these were like upcharges. So next thing you know, I'm like, I, is that a, why is this seven dollars and twenty five cents? <laughs> I was not upcharged on my six seventy five. It was just fucking six seventy five. Ridiculous. I know it was insane. All right, let's get into today's taste test. We are having a sandwich. Um, uh, that we've discussed on this program before. I'm really excited to have it. We are having the Bobby from Capriati's. And which, I, don't, I don't want to be political, but it's Joe Biden's favorite sandwich. Joe Biden's favorite sandwich. It is Thanksgiving themed, which is why we're having it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thanksgiving is just around the corner. It's a turkey sandwich that also has um, cranberry sauce. Stuffing. Crazy. It's a Thanksgiving sandwich. So I don't like the traditional Thanksgiving food. So I wonder if I'm going to like the sandwich. Like, maybe I'll like it in sandwich form. Thanks mm-hmm. for cutting it, man. No problem. It looks good. It cuts really nicely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if it's a real cross-section. The cross-section cross is, yeah, as I was about to say, it is nice. It's clear, It's got um, turkey, but roasted turkey, not like uh, sliced turkey, like you would get it at sort of a Subway or a deli. It's got stuffing, and it's got cranberry sauce. I've had this sandwich before, and I will warn you, it's a bit dry. So it's funny you say that because I was just thinking I wish there was more cranberry it sauce on it. It needs more cranberry sauce and needs mayonnaise. Oh, it has mayo Ten on it. I can minutes. see the mayo. Well, you'll see. Because you're going to be chewing this thing I'm... for about a minute and a half. So if there's just silence <laughs> for the next minute, it's, I'm just going to fill while you eat. I'm going to take a bite where the, I can see the mayo and the okay. the cranberry sauce to give myself the best chance of liking it. It smells great, by the way. Just the uh, the Just opening this baby up. And unwrapping it just filled our studio here with Thanksgiving joy. Juliet's nodding, ladies I and like gentlemen. It. We've got a nod. We've it's got good. we've all oh, little little. You're excited about yeah. this? It's a good sandwich. You know what? It's like a really good turkey sandwich. I was thinking like Thanksgiving turkey, but it's better than that. This is good. It's really good. Mm-hmm. It's salty. And the stuffing has a real stuffing flavor. The cramp. I mean. One of my other favorite foods. This soup, is good. Soup dumplings is like very high on the list. Maybe number one. Jams and preserves, the jelly family. Oh. And so cranberry sauce on the sandwich is a Falls huge win for me. Okay. When you eat a soup dumpling, do you eat the entire thing at once? No, I eat it properly. How's that? You pick it up with your, you take it from the top, like the little pouch with your, with your, um, chopsticks. chopsticks. Then you dip it in your soy sauce and vinegar mixture mm-hmm. and you put it into your soup dumpling spoon. Mm-hmm. And then you, um, create a little hole and you suck out some of the soup. Mm-hmm. And then you eat the rest after it's cooled down. So it's like a two bite. It's like a slurp and a bite. So when you say properly, did you mean like this is the proper way that most people enjoy soup dumplings? Or did you mean this is the Juliet Littman method proper? I meant 
as far as I know, it's the proper way that like Chinese chefs would recommend you eat your soup dumpling. Yes. Because I, okay. I'm going to do some follow-up research on this, and we'll have some follow-up food news. Why? You don't, you don't believe me? I've never found the right way. Sometimes I eat half of it, and the soup goes everywhere. Yes, yeah, And then I'm just, it just like all falls apart. And then sometimes I do the whole thing. But next thing you know, it's Your so tongue's hot. on fire. Yeah, and, and then I can't do anything about it. And I'm just like, why am I going through pain while I'm trying to eat a soup dumpling? So I've never really figured it out. And sometimes I poke holes in it, and I pour the stuff in the holes. Oh, no. The vinegar in the holes. Oh, no, I've never man. really mastered it. I really enjoy these things. I've just never really, like, mastered the way to eat them. Let's go into personal food news, and I'll begin with my—we'll uh, do some rapid fire, and I actually have some this time, and I'll begin with— I went to a really fucking good soup dumplings in Bayside a couple weeks ago with my brother. Nice. We went to a place called Yu Shanghai Garden, and I think we should go there for you to have a proper— Dintai, a proper soup dumplings experience. I just, soup dumplings, my, <laughs> my brain is filled with Din Tai yes. Fung. <laughs> yeah, yes. But some people who work there used to work at Din Tai Fung. Really? Um, and it was really cool. So it, you and Joey Littman went out to Bayside just for this reason? No, I wanted to go cards. Okay. Remember I told you about that? But we also, but then I was like, let's have lunch there. And it was really delicious. It was really good soup dumplings. And it, I think that would be a great place for you to learn how to properly eat them. I don't... <sighs> I feel a little insulted. Why? That you think you're eating them properly, but you don't even know if that's the way to eat them. I'm pretty sure it is. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, whenever, yeah, you're usually right. That's the problem <laughs> about arguing with you. You gave me a look like, bro, like you're going down the wrong path here. Well, it's just like one of my favorite foods. I have a passion for it. You said your favorite food. You said number one soup dumplings. I think it might be. Like, I would never say no to soup dumplings, ever. I love soup dumplings. Me too. They're so, they're a perfect food. They're so good. How come they've just popped up in the last 10 years? Because America just got with it. They've only just popped up in America. I mean. It's what it seems like, right? They've been around. Like, I think 20 years ago, I did not see soup dumplings around. Din Tai Fung has been around for a lot longer. I think it depends how close you live to, a, you know, a Chinese community and, and what kind of Chinese food. They're also, they're, uh, I think, primarily Taiwanese. So mm. that's like the real bastion of them. I think there's more Taiwanese food in America than there used to be. Your turn. Okay. My son, on Saturday, he was playing video games all morning. I was like, we got to get this kid out the house. You got to do something. I was like, Q-Man, let's go get some food. He goes, fried chicken. I go, fine. I Google fried chicken. I passed this place. There's about four or five locations in New York. And I'm going to call it now. Like, you know when you hear a song, like I, like that Tyler song, Water? Like the first time you hear it, you're I don't like, know it, but okay. You do know it. Okay. You, I just can't sing it right now. Make me sweat, make me hot. To, I don't know. Me... I'm, anyway, I'm really uncool. Sometimes when you hear a song, you're just like, that's a hit. Uh-huh. Like the first time you hear it. And yeah. I'm, I'm calling my shot now. This will be a chain that will be all over the nation. Wow. All over the nation. What There's is it? four or five locations in New York. And when I walked inside, I was like, oh, this could be in every city everywhere. It's called Charles's Pan Fried Chicken. Hmm. Okay. Now. Is it cutlet? The chicken cutlet? No. No, no, no. It's, you go inside, there's one, I went, the, the, the flagship is on 145th Street. I went to the ones on the, the northeast corner of Central Park. It's like on 111th and Lenox. I go inside and they've got, um, in front of you, there's no seats inside. In front of you, it's just a bunch of sides, like pre-made. It's kind of like, imagine a soul food Boston uh, chicken. Okay. And it's got uh, black, black eyed peas, collard greens, mac, mash okra, you know, all the soul food sides. And then there's a man with two huge sort of like gigantic woks, I want to call them, that are filled with oil. And he is just 
dipping seasoned breaded chicken and plopping it in there, frying it up. And I had a breast and two wings. Quincy had a dumpling and a breast, and we got collard greens and mashed potatoes. She took the canister for the mashed potatoes and put the gravy on the bottom and then put the mashed potatoes and then put gravy on the top. And I was like, why, why, is it, why don't all mashed potatoes come like that? And it was fantastic. Fried perfectly, a lot of hot sauce, a lot of flavor, a lot of good seasoning, inexpensive, in, out, quick. It was like, it was like, why would anyone choose a Kentucky Fried Chicken over this? Why would anyone Sounds choose a really Popeye's good. over this? Why would anyone choose a true fast food when you can get high quality food in the same amount of time for the same price? That's amazing. How, yeah, how do they even like, make the price point possible. They don't have like the same volume. That's awesome. It was great. And it also, it sounds so that, much better than there's something anything about else. seeing the, I mean, the, I'll say the service wasn't great. Like me and Quincy <laughs> were standing at the thing. Like just stay, there's no one else in there. We're just standing. How did at you the, know about it? I Googled it on my telephone. And so I'm standing there but and like, they didn't come and talk to us for like, I don't know, four minutes, which doesn't sound like a long time, but it's a long time. It is a long time. We're yeah. just kind of like, I was sitting there, I wanted to like knock on the glass. Like, ah, oh, guys. So you order at the register and then you go sit down. No, there's no seat. There's a seat outside. We sat outside. It was chilly out, too. But, man, this this chicken was great. That sounds really Charles's good. Charles' pan fried chicken. And there, there, there's a picture of Chef Charles there. He's the whole story, cool. the whole origin story. I'm telling you, look, I don't know if it's going to happen or not. Four locations a lot already. But I'm saying it's it's a, such a scalable thing. Right. It's, it's like if I was like a, a, a restaurateur investor, I would I would I would I would get a meeting with Charles right now. Are you emotional about this? You sound like you're like crying. No, there's something stuck in my throat a little uh, bit. You should have just said yes. Yes, I love Charles. <laughs> Charles. All right, one last one for me. I had the best pancakes of my life, and I'm I'm not joking. What? I'm not joking. I had the pancakes at Chez Matante, which is a restaurant in Greenpoint that is known for its pancakes. So I'm not like I discovered this, but it was literally the best pancake I've ever had. And like, it's so weird to have such a common and popular food and know in the moment without a doubt that it is the best version of that thing that you've ever had. Wow. And they were so. Good. They were like crispy on the outside and gooey on the inside. It was almost like a croissant approach to a pancake in terms of like the difference between outside and inside. But then two other things. They put the syrup on for you. So it's like the perfect amount of syrup. Like they've decided what it is. And I was Uh. like, they're right. And they also put like a piece of butter on top of it for you too. So it's like all of the decisions have been made and they've thought of it as a total complete experience of like, we want you to experience our pancake this way. And it was so... Good. Okay. I have a lot of follow-up questions. Okay. Do you mind if I ask no, four or five follow-up it. questions? Please. Number one, um, uh, because of this show and my personal interests, like I get a lot of food content on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you've seen these too, these like super fluffy pancakes. Mm-hmm. They're sort of like the rage. Um, so what did the pancake look like? Can you say a croissant approach to pancake? It, lo- it looked like a pancake. It didn't look like just a croissant. It just looked like a regular pancake. I just meant more like how a croissant is so flaky on the outside and on the inside it's like doughy. Yeah, yeah. This was like very different from outside to inside. Thickness of the pancake. Um, like... Standard. A quarter inch thick. So regular. Yeah. Okay. Stacked or unstacked? Two that are like sort of like a kind of like overlapping but not a full stack. And I was with okay. my friend Becky and we ordered it like to share and we each got, also got something else. It was so good. Pancakes for the table. Table pancakes. Of yeah. course. Yeah. Because you each want like an egg dish or whatever. Yeah, you can't just have yeah. pancakes for breakfast. It's insane, unless That's, you're a child. Yeah. 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 Unfortunately, yeah. I yeah. no longer am. Yeah. So, yeah. Yes. Um, one of my biggest problems with pancakes at home, which I make pretty often, I'm great at it. I do letters, everything, oh. um, is the the butter is cold. So I end up like chopping up the butter like an onion and spreading it around my pancake. Yeah. 
I love when butter is nice and warm and spreadable. Talk to me about the spreadability of the butter. It was very spreadable. Seconds. I get the impression it's room temperature butter that then's put on top of the pancakes, so it melts mm. pretty easily. Some people keep their butter out of the fridge full like all the time. Yeah, I've heard of those people. I don't do that, but like this kind of made me want to. But I also hate that problem with butter when you can't spread it. Yes. Um, it was so good. It kind of also like had a, like a little bit of like a cake donut vibe, which is another thing that I really love. It was just so delicious. And the like the marrying of textures and consistencies was so good. Chez Matant, the bag- uh, bagels, and the pancakes. You got to check them out. Just syrup and butter. Yeah. I love that. It was awesome. I was like really excited to tell you about it. I'm excited. Thank you. Um, all right, let's listen to some listener food news, and then we're out of here. Hi, my name is Ari, and with the holidays coming up and holiday parties, can we all agree to put the utensils at the end of the buffet? So many times I either get to the end of the buffet and then realize I have to go back to the start of the utensils, or I try to handle my plate and the utensils in one hand while I go and use the other one to serve. My workaround kind of is that I'll put the silverware in my back pocket, but this should be easily solved. I will die on this hill. Utensils belong at the end of the buffet, not the beginning. What are your thoughts? I don't think he needs to die on a hill. I agree. Good point. Yeah, I mean, ideally, the utensils would be on the table. Mm. But Ari does bring up an important point. Often at buffets, buffets are a two-hand experience. Totally. One to hold the plate and one to serve the stuff and put it on the plate. Oftentimes, I'll like grab a thing that needs to be held, and now I've got a plate in a thing, let's call it like a yogurt or something. Now I've got a yogurt and a plate and I can't hold them both. I also think, correct me if I'm wrong in this, you look kind of insane if you've got your utensils in your back pocket. Yeah. Like if I was like, it's at like a what buffet, is it, like tool time? Yeah, if I was at a buffet and someone was just like, which was like, I grabbed the utensils at the beginning of the buffet, popped them in the back pocket, I would judge that person. It seems like a, like a, a logical, practical solution, but it just seems also like a little insane. Um, really insane. I just want to say at Spotify in the lunch cafeteria, these utensils are at the end and I find it be. helpful. Yeah. They, they should be at the end. Yeah. I just think this is an easy fix, man. I, I don't know. If your family's not on board, maybe get a new family. I agree. <laughs> so on that note, we'll be back next week. Thanks so much to our producer, Mike Wargon. <laughs> 